Blog Talk Radio. Podcast, I said in the line for Sunday morning. He doesn't have children. Um, yeah, I'm. Yeah, I'm physically incapable of sleeping past six thirty because of my children. You have at least three yeah. alarm clocks. I usually don't go to bed till six. So huh. six a.m. Yeah. Dear God. Except for work. Well, I, I work nights though. Oh, okay, that's right. Yeah, crazy man. Cool. So, so yeah. We should uh, talk about some hockey. It's been a while. Uh, I feel like yeah. the last time we did this, we the the wings were on the outside of the playoffs looking in, or in the exact same spot. I don't really remember. I don't remember the last time we did this. It's been that long. Uh, it was only like five games then, ago, really. Yeah. True. True. Yeah. Now we're, we're only one point some... out of being outside looking in. They they took the wings uh, took some time off for some a little exhibition tournament that doesn't really count for much. Uh, Right, they just really want to give most of the league some vacation, rough schedule, and then now they're back. So, um, I guess I'll just go ahead and ask everybody what what is your overall feelings towards the team right now? Are you down on them? Are you high on them? We're coming off two wins. Where do you stand, Graham? Go. Um, I feel good about them. Um, I think the two games out of the break were. They were so different and yet both perfect for winning because they played a really tight, good, solid defensive game against Montreal and then exploded for six against Ottawa. I I think obviously the the injury to Zetterberg hurt, but if they I think if they don't sustain any more bad injuries, um I think they're going to play well coming out of the break and I think they're gonna make the playoffs in one of the wild card, either in the first wild card spot or they're going to catch both Montreal and Toronto, which is actually what I think is going to happen because I don't think Montreal and Toronto are any good. Yeah, Montreal is terrible. Toronto is pretty bad, too. But Red, the Red Wings are yeah, Okay. Um, so even with, with Toronto, I keep forgetting that we have two games in hand on them because I keep getting terrified every time they throw up the graphic of like, how the hell yeah. is 
six points ahead of us or eight points ahead of us. I have to remember that you know we had a couple more to play. And they have uh, they have two games against Montreal and Toronto each. So you've got opportunity to make up points there plus the games in hand. So I, right. I'm 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 bullish on them right now. The I'm not worried. I'm I'm not worried about Montreal and Toronto as much as I am uh like Washington who is one point behind us right now and uh you know Alex Ovechkin is turning into the demented goal scorer that he is again so um I don't know I think that's more terrifying to me than <clears throat> Montreal or uh or Toronto well, because Toronto the, the, Toronto is like they're just they're dusting the shit in the bed like usual and Montreal, I don't know. I their coach is just an idiot. Toronto's coach is an idiot too, but I don't know. The the thing yeah, with Washington though. Catch Toronto and Montreal, you don't have to worry about Washington really. But, yeah, but don't forget. Yeah. Don't forget, I mean Washington wins another game, they don't even need the wild card because they would just jump right up into the yeah, the metro Montreal, top three. So the wings are kind right. of fortunate in the sense that three teams right behind them are all Metro teams and those Metro teams suck. So they'll jump to third in their division before they pass the wing in the wild card. So, yeah, I guess I didn't think about it like that. Kind of confusing. Well, it'll be the same thing that it is in in the Atlantic. As they, as we get down the stretch and they're playing each other, they'll take points away from each other too. Right. So, um, yeah, I mean, it, like somebody said the other day, oh, the Rangers lost, or the Rangers won, so crap. I'm like, the Rangers are in second in their division. They don't factor yeah, in the Red Wings at all right now. But I guess it's impressive, the the two games back, that that we held to Montreal to what we did. The, I mean, the one goal with whatever, 25 seconds left, it was the most Red Wings thing to happen but it was uh, it was pretty impressive because Montreal, you know, they scored five goals against Pittsburgh, who is playing terrible right now, and then they they won in overtime. It scored four goals on Toronto last night, so um, I think that's a pretty telling tale. That um, I don't know, maybe our <clears throat> the defense is so much more capable of what it's been doing. Um, they played a pretty tight game. And I was really impressed. I was actually kind of infuriated with it, just like I was with the whole Franz and Hattrick thing. <laughs> um, but I uh, I think if Franzen can uh, keep that chemistry with uh, Nyquist and uh, keep playing like he did in, in the past, he has in the past two games, I think they'll I think they'll be just fine. And I don't see why they would need any help, a lot of help from the trade deadline in that in that sense. That's wrong. Okay. <laughs> yeah, we need another second line center really bad. Well, Weiss, when he comes back, there's your trade deadline acquisition. Five million dollar trade deadline acquisition. Well, I mean, it's a big one. I I, I like the, I like trainings, you know. I don't. I like the roster the way it is, and, and getting you know Zetterberg back for the playoffs if they make it, and getting Weiss back and. 
And if you get Samuelson back, you know, he's a heavy – he plays a heavy game with the – he's a right-handed shot. You know, it, it, I like the way the roster looks right now. I think getting those guys on injury back, it, it's like a trade deadline acquisition. So, I like so you're saying you like our team? Yeah, I like our team. Yeah. I like our team. <laughs> I like our team. I mean, so. you still definitely want to get tires, you know, make some calls and see what's going right, on. Right, but uh, unless you're making a hockey trade, you know opposed to a football trade or a basketball trade. It's right, yeah. You know, I don't don't want to give up top prospects, and especially first-round pick, which could be a lottery pick if you miss the playoffs. Because everyone's in the lottery now. I don't know if you've heard. You know, you can't do that for a rental. It's got to be someone with term on their deal. So what are we willing to give up a first-round pick for? I'd give up a first-round pick for Kessler. I would. I'd give a first round sure. pickup for Kessler or like a high end, a higher end defenseman like Erhoff or uh, Edler. Yeah, it's pretty much Kessler, Edler, or Erhoff is a first rounder. And then everybody else, there's no way. Like, we're not giving up a first rounder for Talinder or Tom Gilbert. McDonald. Yeah, Andy McDonald. Fucking right. Dear God. Um, Justin no, Schultz, I've, I've heard. No, no first rounders for any of those guys. But the three guys that are on multiple multiple year contracts that are uh definite kind of veteran presence guys, yeah, sure, we'd give up a first rounder for them. When you say right. uh when you say you know, first rounder for Kessel, is this the assumption that likely Helm would be going with him? I I can't imagine how Helm would not go. I mean I would I would trade Sheehan over Helm, but I don't think that Vancouver yeah. would want that. I think they would want home. Just, no, if you go on that route, you have, you have to supplement the trade with another center just because right. you can't just shove Darren Helm down to fourth line center. He's you know well out. But would you really goal. would you really be be hesitant to trade Darren Helm for Ryan Kessler? No, I see, part of me I is, part of me isn't. I'd be the, hesitant with the idea of having a five million dollar third line center. Yeah, regardless okay. of how good he is. Um, Don't we already have just, one of those? Well, <laughs> a dumbbell, a toothless third line center, or yeah, yeah, yeah. I just think with, with Weiss is kind of the forgotten element of of all yeah. the the trade deadline talk. I think, and when when he comes back, I just think there's already you know a logjam, a uh, you know a surplus of of talent there, not just at the forward position, but specifically at center. To where it really doesn't make sense to me. It might make sense to me if we were, um, you know, maybe a, a grade above where we're at now, and a trade would kind of throw us into that top four, top five, uh, you know, contingent of of teams that you know it's still to, to me, you know, largely a crapshoot just the way the league is now. But um, you know, I think because we're in that lower tier, it's just I, I hesitant on giving up prospects just in this. The way the salary cap structure and everything is, just giving up cost-effective yeah. guys for a guy that you might end up paying five million, and he's good. Like I, I feel like I don't hate Kessler as much as most everybody does because that's well, it's kind, of, it's kind of a requirement. Thing. Yeah, I mean it's <laughs> that's that's number that's you know the first bullet point on why nobody can like Ryan Kessler because really nobody does. That's that's kind of a fascinating thing about him, but right. Um, I think the only thing I would part with, like we were talking about yesterday or the day before, was if it, if it was for a solid defenseman like a Nairhoff or an Edler. That's what I think is should be the the focus. I mean, 
I, I just don't understand why they, I mean, I understand why they would want to bring in another center to supplement what Zetterberg is, you know, obviously he's, you know, obviously out for the rest of the season and there's a possibility that he won't come back, talk about it, but there's yeah. always a possibility. Um, oh, you want to bring anyway, it up though? I don't want to bring it up. I don't want to fucking talk about it. You just did. And, well, okay. you know, at the also no. at the risk of of being the of worrying a little too much. I mean, let's face it, Datsuk is probably one mm-hmm. hit or something away from being out for an extended period of time too. Yeah, I mean, it's, that it's exists. So obvious. That possibility exists. So, you know, all of a sudden you could be looking at Stephen Weiss as your number one center. So. Uh, Right. Roll, that, roll that thought around in your brain, and now all of a sudden it's like, you know what? Yeah, I think I would give up a first for Ryan Kessler if, if that were the situation. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I, and, just, I mean, the I, the four the four teams were apparently inquiring about Ryan Kessler is just a very confusing one to me. But I mean, I don't know if if you haven't seen the list, it's Philadelphia, Detroit, Chicago, and um, Pittsburgh. Well, Chicago, um, just again, because I live here, Bowman came out yesterday because they were talking to him about his reaction to St. Louis's trade for Miller and Ott. And he has basically come out and said that their big acquisition was Versteeg. Like that was uh, by design. They wanted to get Versteeg in. They have no plans to make. I believe his quote was, they have no plans of making any moves at the deadline because they also picked up um, Peter Reagan. Regan, Regan, yeah, yeah, Regan, whatever they picked him up, uh, I think last week to be their number two potentially number two center. So right. I don't think they're, I don't see them to be a serious contender for Kessler. I'm sure they've probably asked. I mean, because let's face yeah. it, if Kessler is available, if you're a GM who's not going to get fired in the next couple of weeks, you would at least call and say, hey, what's the price to get Kessler? And right. You know, you'd be told it's this, and then you'd say, well, fuck, that's no way. But yeah. uh, I, I don't see Chicago being a, a player for him. Pittsburgh doesn't it. make any sense. But it doesn't you know, oh, make line center. It's make total sense. Because Philadelphia, want... I mean, I don't even – I guess that would make more sense than any of them because they just do stupid deals, and I don't know. That's just the Philadelphia. Yeah, I'm going to level you. I don't know shit about – I don't know shit about Philadelphia's roster, really. I don't know if they need a center or whatever. I don't care. I don't think that Ryan Kessler makes Philadelphia any scarier than they are now. Um, Right. I think Pittsburgh is – I think they're going to be the big bidder for him, and I think it's basically that they want Jordan Stahl back. And (laughs) Ryan Kessler is is better than Jordan Stahl. Um, He can play on the wing. There was talk that he even wanted to move to the wing, where Jordan Stahl never wanted to move to the wing. If Kenny Malkin does not want to play wing, Sidney Crosby absolutely isn't going to play wing. So if you right. need that top six, but what Pittsburgh really needs is something in the bottom six that resembles an actual NHL player. They're garbage on the bottom six. Yeah, um, yeah they are. So, they, are, they are Team Russia from the Olympics. I mean, a scary top yeah. six and just hot, hot garbage with vomit on it below that. The USA is dipshit coach, so they're yeah. fucked. Yeah, their defense is absolutely atrocious it's shown so much in the past two games they've let what like 11 goals go or something like that in the past two games yeah 10 I'm sorry because there's a shootout that's the thing is I don't think that we need to arms race with Pittsburgh over 
Kessler. If they want him, I don't know. Um, they're going to offer Brandon Sutter and they're going to offer Derek Pouliot that eighth overall pick that they got in the Jordan Stall trade, and they're going to offer their first rounder or whatever, and they're going to get him because if if they're going to offer that, then we absolutely have to counter with something that looks like Helm Tatar in our first, and I don't want to fucking do that for Kessler. No, not for right. Would you guys, would you be comfortable, and now I don't know if this is the asking price. I don't know the asking price at all. I think it's what it is. It's just a, a pick and a prospect, but, or a pick and a, or a whatever, but um, like an Airhoff or Kessler, if you were to give up a first round and a guy like Parr, and I know I just even saying that, I'm sure people would crucify me over it because, you know, we like to, we don't like to think like that, but I personally am of the opinion there are there are no untouchables on the Red Wing roster at Same. all. Yeah. If it is a trade that would make the Red Wings better and it involves giving up Tatar, Nyquist, um uh, you know, a player like that, I yeah. mean I'd have to think long and hard about it and really make sure I right agreed with it, but I wouldn't immediately say no because it's a certain player. Right. Now here's the thing on, on Tatar, like I wrote it yesterday, is that if they trade him away, it's I'm going to have to believe that it was the organization knows that they weren't yeah. going to refine him. Because a first and Tatar is essentially what Anaheim wanted for Bobby Ryan in the off season. And Ken Holland mm-hmm. said no at that point when uh, Tatar wasn't necessarily a, a better prospect than than, than Jakob Silverberg, which uh, Anaheim ended up getting from Ottawa. So right, right now Tatar is a, is a way better prospect than than Silverberg. So giving up a guy for like giving up that for say Christian Erhoff, who I don't think is an impact player at the same level as Bobby Ryan, um, mm-hmm. I would have to believe that it's that the value of Tatar is lowered by the concept that the organization knows that they're not going to re-sign him. I don't know right. if that's true. I hope that it's, I fucking hope that it's not true. I don't want them to, to trade Tatar because if they do, then the only way I will believe it is, is to believe that it was going to happen anyway. And that, that fucking sucks to think. So yeah. no, no trade think, Tatar unless we get somebody great. Tatar is a guy that's going to have to be re-signed in the off season. And obviously I don't know, you know, what, what kind of a, like, I know a little bit about Tatar, Obviously, I know he's a he's a he's a fucking goofball and everything, but as far as the business aspect goes, I know that they'd probably offer him kind of what they offered at Nyquist at the two year, just shy of two million. And I'm not sure. I mean, I don't know if that's something like if he's going to be looking for like you know a, more money than that, or I don't know. But obviously, he's going to get paid. But um, I, I assume that he'll be getting just shy of a million for a couple of years. I, I assume that's what they're going to offer him. Um, and I, I hope he would take it because I like Tatar a lot. Um, he's he's proven himself for the most part, um, <clears throat> but he's he's kind of shown a little bit of streakiness at times. But he still always shows like uh, I don't know. He's just so strong everywhere. You know, even if he's not scoring goals, he's still doing shit that you're just like, wow, this kid's the real deal. And um, I feel like if he was a like a top six player, he'd be in playing. Alongside better, alongside better players, uh, kind of like what Nyquist has been doing, and you know he's on that ridiculous hot streak right now. Um, I feel like he could be doing a lot more, but um, you know I, I just hope that you know he's gonna because we don't know if he's actually happy with what happened at the beginning of the season. 
Um, I mean, I'm sure he's pissed about it. Well, you know, I'm sure he was pissed about it, but I don't know if he's like, you know, holding grudges or anything like that. But <clears throat> well, I'll tell you honestly, I was amazed that Gustav Nyquist signed for less than a million dollars. I was, I was shocked too. by that. <laughs> so I don't know. I, was, I, I have no idea what to expect as far as a, a Tatar ex- extension. I want to say that Nyquist was told something like, here, we'll sign you for this, but you'll 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 get to play in the NHL or something like that. Obviously, that was bullshit. But, I mean, I don't know. Maybe he's just a really cool guy and he loves the organization. So I'm going to go ahead with that because I like him a lot. <laughs> I'm That'll sure work. that Nyquist um, had every belief that he was going to be on the NHL roster and then Dan Cleary happened. He and, should have been, yeah. And he... You know, and then Nyquist had to get sent down because he still had uh, waiver options. So he could still right. go without having to clear waivers. And then yep. once they brought him up, I mean, let's be honest. I mean, at this point, it is pretty obvious that Tatar and Nyquist are are more important to the organization than Cleary, Bertuzzi. <laughs> you know, the fact that because they play, they play every night. even when, And Cleary's a healthy scratch every night. Bertuzzi's played <laughs> once in nine games. Samuelson got yeah. sent down and you know and went through waivers. Shockingly nobody picked him up. Uh, you know, any bad feelings that I think Tatar might have had at the beginning of the year for being the healthy scratch. Yeah. Uh, I would hope that at this point it's pretty obvious that the, the He's been into a role management player. Yeah. They've they, they believe that he has that he brings more to the to the lineup than the old guys that they signed. Right. Oh absolutely so, you know, you just say, look, yeah, hey, we done fucked up for the first, you know, eight, nine games, however many you were at Healthy Scratch, but then we put you in the lineup, you did this, here's what we think you're worth, they counter. I I don't see how he doesn't sign. Right. I mean, he's restricted, too, so, I mean, they hold his negotiating rights, so they're either going to, nobody's going to offer sheet him because nobody offers sheets anybody ever, so that's not going to happen, and... He unless they trade him, he'll sign. Right. Yeah, I'm I'm with you. I just wondering like if it's going to be the same as the uh, the Nyquist signing. I would hope so because that's like a steal. But I'm sure that when it comes time to giving Nyquist to you know his next contract, that it's he gonna get paid. So and rightfully they'll, so. Cause... They'll probably do the same thing that that happened with like Helm and Abdulkader. You know, you get your you, yeah. you get your entry level contract, then you play a couple years. Then you get your your two year essentially it's a bridge contract. Then you you know see what you can do, and then you get the three year deal that still I think it still keeps them within RFA, takes them to the RFA yeah. status. So you get another, so they still get that one more year of RFA status. At which point they probably make a decision and say, okay, here's what we think you're going to do for this team going forward, because obviously once you get into unrestricted status, then I mean all bets are off. But that's what I, I see happening with Nyquist. So once his deal's over, they'll give him probably a two or three year extension. Same with Tatar. Right. He'll probably get two well, years. Of course. You know, ne- next year when he gets his extension, I mean, next year he's going to score thirty five goals. So um, I don't know. I guess. And then he'll be a steal because the, the <laughs> thing is too. Every, if you look at all the salary cap teams that have won cups, Chicago is a perfect example. When they won in twenty ten, they had Taves and Kane on on entry level deals. Yeah. And then they were able to complement those pieces with, uh, you know, guys like Hosa, Sharp, 
you know, players like that. That's what I think the Red Wings need to move towards is, um, you know, seeing what sort of value and, and performance they can get from guys that are not making a lot of money and then right. bring in pieces around them that are not named Dan Cleary. See, this is why I want them to make a trade deadline move for a guy who makes five or six million dollars, um, because the the old statement was, you know, you you win the cup on guys in entry level deals because they are criminally underpaid. I think that there's an opportunity this year if uh, Zetterberg is able to come back that the Red Wings could be playing in the playoffs with a seventy million dollar roster on a sixty four million dollar cap, and <laughs> yeah. win, winning the cup with with that with that kind of cheat. Um, would just infuriate the hockey world, and uh, I would I would absolutely love that. I love it, and not to yeah. mention the fact that the East is I mean it's pretty much Boston and then everybody else. So it's one yeah. of and Boston Boston doesn't doesn't scare me the way that uh, like the West they would have no chance in the West the way they're currently built. I would not see them advancing. Maybe catch somebody in the first round, and that'd be about as far as you can go in the East. Oh. I mean, look at yeah. Boston and Pittsburgh, and then the land of opportunity. You've just got every team that is exactly like the Red Wings. I mean, they can be good; they can get on a hot streak, but there are huge question marks about every other team in the East. Yeah, I agree. I, uh, I agree hey, speaking of Boston that. and of defense and also of um, bidding wars, Jeff, I wanted to get your take on this since uh, you you love them. Look, they want a defenseman as bad as we do, maybe even worse. I mean, we're looking for Probably a guy right. that can – yeah, we're looking for a guy that can push, like, Quincy and Smith to the third pair where, where I think that they can actually play well. Um, they're they're looking Quincy's for, playing great. Right. I, I think that, that Quincy right. and Smith could actually be a dominant third pair. Um, the, the problem is that they haven't been playing as a third pair for, for a lot of the troublesome, right. troublesome games. But Boston is, is really looking for one, so – Every play, everywhere that we're looking for, whether it's Airhoff or, or Talinder or Tom Gilbert or, or something like that, Boston's going to want more. Uh, do they have the assets to get into a bidding war with us? Uh, I know that we've got a well, shit. I mean, we've got a shitload of prospects that we're basically running out of room for. So we can hand these yeah. guys to Buffalo and say, "Here you go. We can't use this guy anyway. Have fun." I don't. I don't yeah. know if they're going to be in the running for an Airhoff or a Tedler. They're looking more at guys like. And Andrew McDonald, they, there's a lot of talk about Chris Phillips up in Ottawa, you know, Tom Gilbert down in Florida. I mean, they they need – they don't need a guy that can move the puck. So they want a true rental and just kind of a – Yeah, because, I mean, they've got Hamilton, they've got Krug, you've got Chara in the offensive sense. Uh, you, you, they lost Seidenberg, which it, 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 it's just the Wings lost Ayrton for the rest of the year. In, in turn, I mean, I would almost say they're, they're very comparable as far as how they play. It, I think. Um, they're not going to put up a ton of points, but they're, they're the right. guy that just they lock down that top pair with, you know, Cronwell being Chara in that essence. Um, but they will, they're, I don't think they're looking for someone with turn because they've got Barkowski, they've got Krug, they've got Hamilton. These guys are all going to have to be re-signed. Right now, Kevin Miller's their sixth guy. That they're, you can't win with that. Um you can right. win the East, I guess, with that, but I, I, I don't think I don't necessarily. Nothing I've heard has them with Airhoff or Edler or anything. Okay, so like it's that. not even not a saying it could happen, but I so would. it's not even a direct bidding war. It's just that we're both kind of looking for the same position, but 
looking in different. in different places. So okay, yeah. Although I I think Talinder might be uh, something that they might fight over. I was talking to uh, uh, Joe Yurden on Twitter the other day, and he says that you know essentially that Austin and Detroit have had scouts in Buffalo for so long that they may as well live there by now. Um, right. <laughs> and we were talking about that for. And he he basically came down that he thinks that, that both teams are are going to try to make a, a play for Kalinder. So I don't know. I, honestly, I haven't done as much research on on that on him as as possible. But I think that if if we ended up with Airhoff and Boston ended up with Kalinder, we'd we'd be the winners there. I mean, the, the two biggest names I've heard, and this is when I say I've heard, not from like sources or anything like that. I just mean from the media here, is is uh, McDonald and uh, Chris Phillips up in Ottawa. So okay. Yeah, Phillips, I mean, wouldn't that be the same concept as what we talk about when we talk about Detroit trading with Buffalo? I mean, it's a division rival, so the price probably goes up a little bit. I'm going to be honest. Yeah, Austin trades with division rivals all the time and conference rivals all the time. The only place that people, like, freak out about it is in Detroit. Like, oh, they're a division or a conference rival. They're going to jack up the price. Well, well, I, think I don't think it matters. They're going to jack well, up the price no matter what. We're so used to it because Detroit was, you know, the dominant team, so nobody in the division would ever trade with us because it's like, why would you make the best team in the division better by trading with them on purpose? Chicago. Yeah, I think it mattered for a long time in the Central because we spent so many times beating up on those cupcakes, but this is the first year in the Atlantic, and I think that I don't think Buffalo has enough pride left to say, oh, no, we can't make Detroit better. Oh, didn't you hear? It was ever since uh, Lucci Tran Miller, that, that team's just been in a downward spiral ever since. Did you not hear that? I didn't. That was a tweet from Jack Edwards yesterday uh, in reference to the Pat LaFontaine resignation. And he actually said since the Lucic hit on Miller, that that, that team has been in a downward spiral ever since. That was the catalyst. I don't necessarily disagree. I'm not saying that's the catalyst, but I am saying from like that point in time, you have seen them go downward, even um, more so. Going yeah, down. correlation, causation, whatever. Um, yeah. One of the commenters brought up a good point that, um, you know, kind of any ill effects of, of not getting treated maybe as, as well as he should have, is uh, a damn good chance that that might have gotten canceled out when with how absolutely supportive the team was when uh, Tatar lost his father this year. Mm, good point. Good point. Yeah, that's huge. Yeah, getting the time off, flying him to and from Slovakia for the funeral. Yeah. Yeah. That's, uh, I bet that went a long way. Or it could so, be, a... I mean, whatever, but I think I think he's, uh, Tatar is a much more sentimental guy than we think, so he seems to be kind of a softie. But at the, you know, at the very least, it doesn't make the situation worse. So, right. you know, uh, you know, it, it at least uh, it, it adds some good karma. Yeah. Can we just talk well, you know about what? I couldn't get out of this podcast without uh, without wondering, since we are on a Sunday morning brunch podcast. Tyler, are you eating a breakfast cereal today? Um, I will be later. Um, I ventured outside. I wasn't supposed to be here. I ventured outside intending to go to work, uh, saw the roads and said, fuck that, and turned around. Yeah. Um, so I will be later on, and uh, the likely selection will be Crispix. I have a box of waffle crisps. You what guys ever had waffle crisps? Waffle crisps. Yeah, waffle crisps. Um, right. it, it, it's been a long time. I remember got a box it, of it. I, just, I haven't had it in a long time. 
It's amazing. We, we actually have a from, box of it. We, uh, I was feeding it to, to Ellie. So I, I feed really? it to my baby. That's baby cereal. Well, she's not a baby. She's 19 months old. <laughs> Can I, 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 I want to, like, I know it's, it's kind of whatever to, to most people, but one of the biggest bummers to me is with, with how things have gone, um, is the, the waste of Landon Ferraro and basically how he's worth nothing right now and how he has no future here. I mean, that's fine and all, but it sucks that he is like not a guy that we can really use in a trade piece because what the hell is, why would a team want him? And I don't know. I feel like that's, that kind of sucks because you want to, that's for, I think he was like a 30, was he 36 overall or 32nd overall? I feel 33. Like 32. No, 32. 32, I think. Yeah. 32. Cause remember Ryan O'Reilly was taken right after him. Yeah, oh, thanks, Ash fans. You, you <laughs> asshole. Yeah, seriously. I, you know what? There's a small part of me that hopes he gets traded to Colorado and then does really, really well there. Like he outplays yeah, Ryan O'Reilly? That'd be awesome. Yeah. <laughs> he makes I Ryan O'Reilly that much better? Oh, that would be incredible. <laughs> I I definitely agree with the sentiment that it's that's kind of a bummer because whenever I think about him, it's kind of a bummer because there's, there's no room for any upward growth here and he pretty much missed his window um through no fault of his own to where he really could have been utilized in some form of a trade and now he'd have to you know just kind of miraculously jump to nyquist levels of ahl dominance to recapture any of that trade value do you guys think they should use um they should use umquist next year no like this is this is you don't think so no you mean in a you trade? Don't think they should bring him up. Oh, no, in a trade? Like as a I'd use him in a trade. I think if they you don't, wouldn't, I, you wouldn't put, you wouldn't put him on the roster. I'm no, saying, I think if you got I someone better. Well, I'm saying if they don't if they don't make a trade happen, and they go into next year into training camp and everything, um, do you think that they? I don't know how the the contracts work. If he is, you know, if he has to be signed before a certain time or. Whatever I don't know the logistics of that, but Adam Elmquist obviously has, is out of options after this season, so something needs to be done with him, whether it's um, uh, traded or you know made a made a, a player on the roster, or whatever uh, on the Red Wings roster. Um, I'm just thinking. Obviously, I would love to use him as a trade because I think he is got a little bit of value to him. Granted, he hasn't played in the NHL at all, barely. So, but, um, I think that his production in at least the AHL has kind of shown that he might be worth it because he's obviously he's freakishly small for a defenseman, like right. almost like sickening, sickeningly small. Um, and, uh, but I feel like there's more team, there are more teams willing to take that risk because of the, the guy, the stories like Tory crew who are, who is, pretty much the same size as Almquist and it's just an you know an offensive force for Boston. Um so I don't know. I feel like that is always a possibility, but I don't know. I uh he he just looks he looks really good in the AHL and obviously that doesn't really mean much for the NHL but it's a you know it's a telling sign for 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 at least something. 
to me, he's he's you know the defensive version of of uh, Landon Ferraro, maybe only a year yeah. behind. To where, you know, I just have a feeling that he's never going to be as valuable to the organization as he would be at this year's trade deadline. I, I yeah, it's, uh, it's a thing you obviously never know how we how we could end up, but. Um, Basically, it's my fear that he would just end up like Ferraro, where he, you can kind of, you know the future kind of reveals itself, and he's not going to have a spot uh, to you know really influence the Red Wings roster, and then you're kicking yourself because he would have been way more valuable in the trade. Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, I'd trade him in a heartbeat. In, in, in a perfect world, say. if we're looking towards next year, Quincy's gone. I'd like Kindle and Lashoff to be gone. So you've got Cronwall, Erickson, Smith. To Kaiser, you get some kind of UFA, or if it's a trade for like an Airhoff type guy, and then you have Sproul and Roulette. So you've got Cronwall, Quincy, the Kaiser, and the UFA or trade guy as your top four. Then you rotate Smith, Roulette, and Sproul as that third pair. Hmm. I'd just as soon have Almquist as that extra third, as the seventh D man, than, than Sproul or, or Roulette, I guess. Um, I would be, that's uh, sticks in one half and doesn't the other for me. Rules well, I just really think those guys have potential to be a lot better than Almquist. Definitely. Um, I just I don't know. Yeah, but I don't think is, you're hurting. Um, like if, if I mean, Sproul has been not as has been inconsistent as he has been in in this season, he is not out of waiver eligibility or out of waiver exemption next year. He will be waiver exempt. So I think that he would still be. Uh, he'd still find benefit from playing another year in Grand Rapids while we find out whether or not Almquist is going to get up to that level right. as Detroit's seventh D-man next year. I think that's – although if, if we end up trading Almquist, like we could trade Sproul, Ouellette, or Almquist or any of Grand Rapids' D-men, and I don't think that we're losing out on uh, – Yeah, I wouldn't care about all. future, was... yeah, guaranteed guys. So it's kind of – you know, I almost feel – it kind of pisses me off that the Jay Bomeister trade happened last year because I think that would be a fantastic trade for us this year, one that we actually could make because uh, last year we, we weren't quite as as rich. In, I mean, we had all the same prospects, really, but we weren't quite as, right. as rich in prospects as, as we thought we were. So this would yeah, be the good year to, to make that kind of trade. Do it. What was that trade? Did they give up? Who did they give up? Uh, they gave up Russell. an AHL goalie, some nobody, and their first-round pick. Didn't they give up Chris Russell in that one, too? Didn't Chris Russell end up going to Calgary? Yeah, it was Chris It was Chris Russell. <laughs> what were you talking about? I completely missed that. Oh, the the Jay Bo Meester trade. It kind of sucks that it happened oh, God, last yeah. year. Jay Bo. Jay Bo. Yeah, that's... Uh, medalist, Jay Bo Meester. Uh, first-round pick uh, and two prospects was it. Oh, I Mark Kundari and Rito Barra. So I don't know that. Obviously, we wouldn't be handing out Mrazek for him. No, if, if that were the case. But right, yeah. Okay. No, Mrazek. It's if you're talking about prospects that are untouchable, I would say Mrazek is as close as they come right now, just because they don't have anything behind him, really. Well, that's close well, to I don't think already. I they do have somebody behind them, but not at AHL level yet. Jake Patterson will come up to Grand Rapids next year, and hopefully Mrazek will take Gustafson's spot. Of course, that's still a big question mark, but I think that is the best move for the Red Wings. Um, my, gut tells, my gut tells me Gustafson's getting re-signed. 
I just have a feeling. But see, the thing is, is the only way they're going to be able to sign Gustafson, I, I have a feeling that that guy is going to want, you know, two or three years. And, is you know, obviously he's earned, as much as, as weird as this sounds, he's he's earned a spot. Like, he's earned a spot to get resigned. But if we do that, that basically puts Mrazek, you know, on, you know, back into the AHL. And I know there's been so much speculation about him and him being pissed off because he's in the AHL. And I mean, whatever, but, um, you know, that's just the role of the dice. He has no choice. He's, if that's true, then he just needs to quit being a stupid baby about it. But, um, I don't know. I just feel like Gus is going to want a multi-year deal. And that is something I don't think the Red Wings need to do, even though if he wants to come back for a year, then sure. I mean, he's earned it. (laughs) That's for sure. Uh, him and his freakish, I don't know what the hell he does. I, like, I think Tyler said something about, because uh, after the uh, Ottawa game, when they asked how they won the game, how he won the game, he said, I don't know. I thought that was the funniest thing. I don't he know. He, oh, it's the look on his face, too. I mean, part of it's kind of just his natural face, which, uh, right. you know, is funny in itself. Funny. But he, every single post-game interview, it's, it's not just that one. It's, uh, you know, it's after a win. He just looks stunned that he pulled it off and I think you know <laughs> the, you know the words I don't know is kind of just uh more of a reactionary thing than like something you think and say but I generally think you know at times man I I don't know I'm I'm used to being terrible I, like he's still adjusting to having a say percentage that is safely above 900 and it's freaking him out <laughs> I think Gustafson is going to spend free agency looking for a starting job and he's going to yeah. get shut down and then he's going to, you know, accept the comfort of, of coming back to Detroit. Right. It'll, be, I just, it'll be Damian Brunner, but with, the, but with him actually signing with Detroit. Yeah. <laughs> as, Maybe as go as somewhere else. Not. I mean, good luck to him. I, I don't care. I'm really glad we didn't sign that guy. I mean, it would have been nice, but I don't know. He's been just as streaky over in New Jersey. I'm glad we didn't yeah. sign him to the deal he got signed to. I would have taken. What did he get signed? Was it a two-year deal? Three, but three, three uh, north of two million a year for three years. Can't I'm not be. near a computer, so I don't. I can't tell, but. Uh, two and a half million dollar a year, two-year deal. Two-year deal. Yeah. yeah. No thanks. I mean, you know. Oh, hey, when we were talking about defensemen in the AHL, uh, Alexei Marchenko got overlooked. Yes. And he yeah. He's basically he the is. top prospect. He is the top guy, like, before the, he got injured, which fucking sucks. He is, like, watch, when I watched him last weekend, um, he was shut down. Like, he just, he, he controlled it. Um, and he has, you know, that right-hand shot, which is great. He's played with that, too, in the KHL before. So... I think he is like the next guy to to make his way into the roster um, as far as development goes. He's big. He's got a nice, he's got a good shot. He can dish the puck really well, and he's just shut down defender. So I think he's not a good skater. Yeah. Here's my concern with Alexei with Marchenko is that every time I watch him, I'm like, this fucking guy, who cares? Like he's he doesn't impress me with his skating, and that worries me. And then like I yeah. keep hearing all great things about how he's. He's fantastic, shut down, and he's got a booming shot, and he he moves the puck well. And all I can see is every time I actually look at him is this guy is, is slow. He's slower than Quincy. 
Yeah, he's not the quickest guy. He's not like Ouellette, where he's just a sk- like he's skating. His Ouellette is a little, like on the brink of being an elite skater. He's really good, um, but he's I don't know. I just every time I've seen Marchenko, he's been he's been pretty good. Granted, when he was a lot younger, when I like I think last year I watched him, and he had he was he had a really like a couple of really bad games, but since then he's moved forward. So I don't know. I guess we'll see. Well, I'll just be the resident uh, prospect hater. That'll be my That's job. That's fine. Go ahead. Hey, hate all I'm prospects. right there with trade you. Them, trade them all. Trade, trade them all, but man stuff. I'm yeah. No, I'm okay. I trade trade every one of them if you want. If it gets you there, trade whoever the fuck you get. New prospects every goddamn year, and the point every year you get new players to be excited about or whatever. So it's like I've kind of taken on that. Like since I've been following prospects so much more. It's just been, you know, I realize it's like, okay. And I look at the draft pool for, for this year, and I'm like, okay, there's going to be, if they don't trade away their first round and second round pick, they're going to get another player, another two or three players that are going to be, I don't know, worthy of being excited about. And then the same thing's going to happen next year. So I agree. As long as it's not Mantha or. I don't know. I guess Mantha. It, it's, I don't care. Go ahead and trade him if you want. Um, just I Mantha, yeah. would hate to see a. I would hate to see a guy like Polkinen go because he's. He's frightening. He's got a frightening shot. <laughs> but. Eh, whatever. Yeah. I don't care. I don't care. It's pretty much just two ways to look at prospects. Either they're a, it's a puppy mill where it's all just like they're yeah. cute and very exciting about, or or it's a. It's a farm and. Uh, I don't name the cows or get close to them because they're going to get slaughtered and I don't care. <laughs> so they're your puppy mill and they're my, they're my farm. Well, we already, we already named Anthony Manta. He's, you're not yeah, we one. named, no, oh, yeah, that's the prize one. That's yeah. now yeah. just do Manta for Kessler straight up. So high. Oh boy. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I don't know because if because there's a possibility that Mantha turns into a player just like Kessler. I mean, thirty goals a year or whatever. I would hey. be so smitten. Kirk Maltby scored fifty goals in junior, so I mean are we really <laughs> back to back. As, uh, are we really using that as a as a barometer of success here? He didn't he didn't do it back to back. Oh, well, I guess. Oh well. <laughs> well, something I've learned as a parent it's it's better to just crush dreams early. What did yeah, Malby yeah, have the following year? Yeah, or was that his yeah, last year in junior? I have no idea, isn't it? I don't know. I think this is it for him. He's he who Mantha? Mantha. No, no. I said what? What did um? How many goals did Mulby have the, the year after he had 50? 22. Oh, I, don't, I have no idea. Oh, probably. He probably went like to the eight. AHL. He went to the yeah, AHL the Oilers farm team. He scored 50 scored goals 22. over the rest of his entire hockey career. <laughs> <laughs> All levels. <laughs> Playoffs included. Well, that's fine. They won. They won some Stanley Cups with him. So I hey, I have I have zero problems with what Kirk Maltby did for the Red Wings in his yeah. in his career there. So if Anthony Mantha turns out to be the biggest offensive bust and they win five cups with him in the lineup, whatever, whatever, <laughs> whatever. I really don't care. Yeah. 
Yeah, nobody's disparaging Maltby. I mean, I've no. been no, beating no, the no. the last few weeks because I think that he is Kirk Maltby um, in a younger body. and Absolutely. like Bigger body, too. Yeah, we're not talking about getting rid of him because he he just infuriates. He doesn't score goals. He doesn't really do anything at even strength other than make everybody incredibly it's upset, tough. and I really yeah. like that. Oh, yeah. He doesn't fight either. It's like he doesn't fight back. Like He fights back, but he doesn't like get into fights, and that's what's yeah. pretty cool. He just sells him the fuck off and goes back to the bench. Chris He's got yellow streaks down his back. <laughs> Until some player comes along and rips the helmet off his head. <laughs> so I guess we should talk about that. I was, well, I, was, I was in Target yesterday when I um, when I got the notifications from JJ's tweet where he you know basically said what what Franzen said and my phone just blew up <laughs> and I was in the middle of Target laughing <laughs> like a crazy person you know I was that I was that guy in Target just laughing at his phone like a like a, a an insane person I'm sure people are like oh crap this is it for me. I guess this is it. <laughs> but, I mean, I don't understand how Franzen, he can't win this little tip that they got going. He can't win it anymore. It, like, he, that's it. Yeah, that's over. Best Mike response. Because Neil, Neil can't respond now. There's no way. Without looking like a, a bigger Neanderthal than he already does. I mean, his first, right. Neil's first comment was so stupid. I mean, I'm sure the PR yeah. staff of Ottawa was like, oh, Really, really? You <laughs> called him a woman. I mean, you, you implied that he was a woman. And uh, I mean, in this day and age, with social media and everything, there there really aren't many worse things you can say that are going to piss a lot of people off than right. to you know to imply that uh, you know less than manly. That whole macho culture of the of the locker room. Um, you know, I mean, there's yeah. The there's, only way it could have been worse is for you to call him gay. Yeah. Really, that's it. Yeah. I mean, that's uh, that would have been the tipping point, or so uh, you know, Franzen handled it beautifully. Um, he really did. Yeah. He he stuck him. to Neil's abilities as a hockey player, um, so he made it personal, but he didn't take it to that level that Neil did, where mm-hmm. you know where he offends an entire uh, gender. Um, right. And and he got great barbs in, so it was like it was just. So beautifully done. I was like, I didn't know Franzen had it in him. I really didn't. Yeah, really. At this point, if if Neil fires back with anything, Franzen just be like, "Are we still fucking talking about this guy?" Yeah. 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 I think like Howard like how awkwardly he, how awkwardly Chris Neil explained like took that <laughs> shot too. Like yeah, if he wants to put part. on lipstick and fight me, like yeah, actually like, didn't even say he wants to put on lipstick. Put on lipstick anytime, anywhere. Let's go. Like he was asking Johan Franzen out on a date, apparently, or he only yeah. fights people who wear lipstick. So, and then uh, he's like, "I'm I'm standing up for my teammates out there," and that guy just brings nothing but trouble to his teammates. And I was like, "That's the point where I wouldn't mind like so I want somebody to ask Zetterberg or Cronwall so like, hey, do you feel that Johan Franzen you know causes trouble for you?' Because I want to get more people involved. This is the best soap opera all season long, and I I hope it gets huge." Because Chris Neal just can't win. The best part was is yeah, that, they, I mean, after the game, there were a couple of people that were defending Neal in going after Franz and you know the, the supposed spear, um, or there was talk that 
five minutes before that, Franzen had slashed somebody on a on an icing call or something like that. I don't know. Yeah. It, it was typical bullshit that you get out of a 6-1 game where Neil is just a, just a goon. I mean, he has no other role on Ottawa than to than to fight. Nobody on Detroit fights, so he's trying to stir it up and be a good teammate and do all the things that Franzen said he did in his initial quote. <laughs> and there were a few people that defended him, and then Neil made his his follow up comment in response to Franz, and, and it, th- nobody is defending him anymore. Nobody, not not a single no. Ottawa fan that I've seen has has stepped up and said, "Yeah, good for you for calling Franz and a, a girl." I, no, no smart ones anyway. Nothing that I've seen. So that's when you know you've probably crossed the line in uh, in yeah taste when your own fan base is basically just kind of goes. Really? You had to go there? <laughs> oh, man, right. I wanted to defend you, but, uh, yeah, we're done here. And, and you know what? They're not, there's not going to be any discipline for that, is there, for the, the helmet pull? No, no. no. And, no. and the funny thing was, there's not going to be any uh, discipline for the uh, for the comment either, which you could, I mean, there's the potential, you could, you could argue, that, the yeah. Sean Avery, the Sean Avery rule, yeah. the sloppy seconds comment. So, yeah. well, I mean, it's I, happened well, when somebody's made a comment and been disciplined for it. What was the extent yeah, of Avery's uh, suspension back then? Uh, it was uh, it was just the one-game suspension, wasn't it? I thought he got a oh, one-game okay. suspension. I thought he got a fine, too, but, like, it was the max yeah. fine that you could get, which was, I think, a 1000 bucks or something like that. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. The, the degree to which the whole, you know, Neil's, Neil's comments were just, I mean, they're offensive, but they were more stupid. Like, you, you could feel his brain trying to work as he was – like, especially when he said the yellow the yellow streak quote. I mean, that made me laugh loudly yeah. when, I, when, when I read it. Like, I'll take my cape off when he takes the yellow streak off. And then he said, you know that streak? That's the yellow streak. <laughs> <laughs> Let me explain my entire joke to you. Yeah, like Chris Neal is Biff, he's, he's Biff Tannen, really. Yeah, right. <laughs> Don't you make like a tree and get out of here. <laughs> Which is ironic because the his comments and the just the way he acts, like like the yellow streak and the lipstick are straight out of the 1950s. So works perfectly. <laughs> yeah, well, he's, he's yellow. Idiot. He's yellow. Now let's go race our dragsters down at the down at the aqueduct. <laughs> <laughs> I really hope that. Uh, um, yeah. Branching off that, I hope Franzen keeps playing. I hope this pisses him off and he just keeps playing like how he has been. I think that's great. I I don't know. I, just, I think we should call Franzen the water boy because it's just like that movie with Adam Sandler <laughs> yeah. where he just gets – somebody pisses him off and then he, you he know, just he goes just goes nuts. into super hyper awesome mode. So, like, the Red Wings should pay somebody to just – yell random negative things at Bronson. Like, <laughs> well, the key furniture is terrible, and he just goes all apeshit crazy and scores six goals. That's the thing, is that there's a direct correlation between how pissed off he is and how much influence he has on a game. I know. Because he does do that, that you know, I don't want to say cheap, but he does get under people's skin. He does some of that chintzy bullshit that, you know, mm-hmm. obviously guys like Chris Neal retaliate and go ten times over the top and trying to justify it, which is stupid, but you can tell, you know, Franzen, the more goals he scores, the more chippy the game is going to be because he is always, you know, the the player that the other team is the most annoyed with. 
when he is playing well. There's there's always a direct correlation with that, and yeah, I just it, I put myself in in his skates, and I think like, it would take a lot of mental energy just to deal with that every single game. So um, that's my backhanded way of defending why Franzen isn't a 50 goal scorer every year. It just it'd be, it'd be yeah. too mentally exhausting. Yeah, I'm sure it's tough to get angry for a, a mid-January game against, right. you know, uh, pick some random Western Conference team now like, you know, Edmonton. I mean, there's nothing to get mad at about Edmonton unless you're an Oiler fan. So, right. I don't know. The more you here it is to get yeah, angry. You can't, angry. you can't play at that level all the time um, because yeah. he'll, he'll be dead by 40. I would say that based on the, the water boy comment if uh if somebody wants to cut a video of Franzen's highlights uh, interspersed with the <laughs> <laughs> I wish I was better at doing that stuff I would that would be pretty <laughs> yeah that would be pretty good we could be I best, best buddies if, if somebody does you that. could even do um you could splice in like because I'm sure Chris Neal's I don't know if Chris Neal's comments were uh, were televised, or if they were just spoken to like uh, print guys. But if they were, before. put his face on like a, you know, <laughs> how the, how it morphs in. Uh, to, <laughs> I'll take my cape off when he takes his yellow streak up, and then they sh- and then do the highlights of him scoring three goals. <laughs> that would be most wonderful. Uh, oh man. All right, but uh, I think the other thing is that Franzen had a good point too. That like he's because he also brought up that this isn't his first concussion, and basically nobody's ever gotten in trouble for concussing Franzen. No, the very first never. one was when Shane Doan blasted his face into the boards, and then oh, yeah. uh, the Rodko Gudis one didn't get him didn't get a suspension. Uh, Chris Neal right now didn't get him a suspension, although that wasn't a, a concussion. But it's like it's basically open season on blasting Johan Franzen in the face, and at worst you get to two minutes for it. Yeah, that's uh, I don't know, whatever. Well, I mean, you know, the the conspiracy theorists out there will also point to the fact that you know Shea Weber didn't get anything for trying to concuss Henrik Zetterberg and uh, Jared Cowan. Did he get something for Datsuk? Nope. No, no, Derek Cowan didn't get anything for Datsuk, and you know that put that was a concussion. So, uh, you know, I'm sure there are those that would feel that it's open season on the Red Wings in general. But uh, I I think that I think that speaks more to just the um, inability and ineffectiveness of the um, Department of Player Safety, you know, Shannon and all that to not penalize to not penalize intent instead of. Uh, worrying too much about the consequences or the you know the the ramifications of an incident versus uh, you know what was that player trying to do because I've always argued that Zetterberg's or uh, the Weber incident on on Zetterberg was far more uh, egregious than say Cowan on Datsuk. I mean at least Cowan on Datsuk was in the context yeah. of hockey play. I mean he threw his elbow out definitely could make a case that he was, you know, trying to catch him, but he's trying to hit him in a hockey fashion, in a legal fashion, but whatever. You know, Weber on Zetterberg was, fuck you, your head is going through this glass, whether I have to just pick you up and throw you or not. So, uh, you know, I I, I, I like what Franzen was trying to do. In, in call, I mean, it's what everybody does, right? You call attention to it, so maybe now the refs will watch it. 
but I don't think yeah, it will amount. Yeah, I like. Yeah, I like the player actually bringing it up that it's it's bullshit that they're pretending that yeah we we totally care about you know headshots and and player safety and then like stuff like this goes down and it's it's yeah, a slap on the wrist or it's it's nothing at all it's oh it was just a total accident like I. I understand that that head contact happens, and that sometimes it is unavoidable. Like when Brad Stewart nailed Gabriel Landeskog last season, and Avs fans got all up in arms. But it was like it was a clear like he caught him right down the middle of his body, and Landeskog was skating with his head still attached to his body, so there was basically no way to to avoid hitting him in the head. Right. That shit's gonna happen. But Jared Jared Cowan going, "Oops, I stuck my elbow out." And then getting his, and then having the the DOPS saying, "Oh yeah, oops, he stuck his elbow out. Nothing we can do about that." I think that's horse shit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So they absolutely do Plus need to get. Uh, yeah, they got that dude looks like a horse, and not the good kind. No, the bad kind. Anyway, do you yeah. guys think that like Buffalo's going to have like fifteen first round picks this year? And I, I just think that's so. I mean, obviously, obviously they are because they're garbage. And even with all these picks, I still think they're going to be terrible in the future because I think they're just poorly ran. But it looks like they're going to trade Halak. They're going to flip Halak to like Minnesota or something. I just, I think that's pretty crazy how things are just working out for them because. You have New York, the New York Islanders, who made probably one of the dumbest moves I've seen this year with that whole Vanek thing. That was a failure. I mean, it was good for them to pick pick him up and and everything, but I think they got robbed there because I think they banked on re-signing him, and Vanek is just like, uh, fuck that. And now he's going to come to Detroit or something. But I. I understood. I like what Holland said, where they're not going to do anything for a rental player, and I yeah, I, know, I was one hundred percent on board with that. So, you know, like the, when the the Vanek to Detroit rumors, and I think Detroit is probably going to be rumored in on anybody that's available because everybody knows. I mean, Detroit is they're a bubble team right now. Um, they have a ton of prospects that people are recognizing that they have all these prospects. And they've got this, you know, this playoff streak that they, you know, that apparently means more than anything in the world to anybody right now, which I disagree with. But me too. Um, um, I, 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 they're, so they're going to be rumored, but um, I think they found out when once Vanek said, "No, I'm testing the market this summer." Um, you know, Detroit was like, "Oh, peace out. We'll talk to you. We'll talk to you July one or July five or whatever day it is this year." Um, but uh, I understood what the Islanders were trying to do at the time they made that trade because they had a team that made the playoffs last year. Um, yeah. They put a little bit of a scare into Pittsburgh early on in that series, and uh, they were more competitive than people thought they were going to be. They've got a ton of young stars. Um, their issue has always been they need goaltending, and Thomas Vanek didn't yeah. really wasn't going to help that. But they probably decided, hey, you know what? We're going to go the Pittsburgh way since we can't stop anybody from scoring on us. We're just going to try and outscore everybody. So let's get as many offensive guys as we can. And it it hasn't worked for them, which is for a little shame. bit it was. It did for uh, at the beginning, but you know, with Tavares being out, that's it. I mean, their season's over. Yeah, done. So, yeah. I, yeah, plus, looking in the, con- uh, in the context of, of Long Island, it's not 
it fits even better for them than it would for for say another team, because just like Graham said, they were they were kind of riding high off of the momentum of the the playoff run not looking as bad with a ton of young stars, bankable stars. So earlier in the season, you ride that wave and you pick up Thomas Vanek, and if that pays off, you actually get people to come to to watch your games at home, which yeah. is something that, <laughs> that they could really need that they could right. really use. So. Um, it was a, a gamble that they lost on, which which kind of sucks for the Islanders. And, and boy, I, I tell you, I, I stay up late at night crying over that. But yeah, it, it it is what it is. I think that it's funny that that Vanning said, "No, I'm not going to resign," and then kind of hurt his own trade value by by essentially saying, "Yeah, I'm a I'm a rental." So, um, whatever <laughs> yeah, it's going to cost, I, like I I don't see adding him. I could have seen him being this year's Marion Hosa of taking a, a team that yeah. was on the cusp and turning them into a, a cup contender because he is very talented and very good. But mm-hmm. um, Hosa, I don't think ever came out and said that no, I'm this is I, you know I'm testing the market for sure. I think everybody actually figured he was going to re-sign in Pittsburgh. So yeah, Pittsburgh felt uh, betrayed by Hosa. Which I don't know. Do you guys think Gunda Head right now? Do you think in your heart or in your mind, in your heart, whatever? I don't know. Uh, do you think that? Yeah. Do you think Detroit? Do you think Ken Allen will make any move? No, I don't. I don't think I, anything's gonna happen. I think if he makes one, it's going to be a very minor deal. Like yeah. Maybe uh, you know, maybe a prospect for prospect you know, kind of help out the farm or something like that. I don't I don't see an NHL deal being made unless something falls in his lap, which is a shame because I would love to see Detroit kick the tires on Hemsky. Because if, if the reports are I true, that to get him would be like a third-round pick, and that's all you I have to like give that. up, I, I would absolutely love to see Alex Hemsky in Detroit for a third-round pick or – a second round pick or whatever the reports are that he's going for, which is not much. And, right. you know, he's a, he's a legit top six forward. I think he would make the Red Wings better. And I think it would cost almost nothing. And there's, oh. I, I see no downside to at least attempting to get him, but I would, that would be so infuriating if it came out just in black and white, that that was the price for him and that they didn't pull the trigger on that. Yeah. Yeah, because there's, there's a fine line to walk between holding on to your prospects and, you know, keeping an eye towards the future and just and being Uh-oh. paralyzed to do anything uh, that can make your team better. Now, because I don't think the Red Wings are, are that one or two pieces away from being one of the top cup contenders in the league. But, right. you know, if you can make a trade that's not going not to significantly impact your future and make your team better in the short term, make that trade. Well, so there's a little update. I'm sorry. Go ahead. I was going to say the thing with with trades and you know the, how you know these developing camps of thought within the fan base goes is you know do you do you make a trade at the trade deadline? Well, the assumption is kind of like, are you going to make a significant trade, an impactful one that where you're going to be giving up you know assets and future assets and your prospects that you already kind of get attached to? Well, there's a lot of people who don't want to do that, and then there's the people who are the opposite way, who are like, oh, you know. You know, you gotta do whatever it takes to win now. Well, I mean that—that's something where the 
you know, I'm almost angry thinking about it. <laughs> Graham, you already got me angry about you know the fact that we're not going to be giving up a a pick for for Alex Hemsky. <laughs> you know, that's something that doesn't you know you you don't if you don't have to pay a high price for it, there's no reason why you shouldn't go out and and do it for a guy like that because you're going to be having yeah. cap room opening up next year. Um, your your best two forwards are what 33 and 35 right now. And mm-hmm. yeah, uh, you know Franzen, your third best one, he's 34, I believe. That's that's definitely a cost-effective move to make. So, um, yeah, I'd like that, it. That, that yeah, that said, like I don't, I don't understand how Hemsky is still an Oiler after, you know, how he's just he's been. I there isn't any one player who's been constantly involved in trade talks going on four or five years now. Maybe not that long, but you know, somewhere in that ballpark, they haven't actually yeah. been moved. Yeah, I mean, I think the Edmonton Oilers, um, I think their media trying to sell the fan base on getting rid of Hemsky also poisoned the well on him because they spent so many years basically calling him a, a floater who doesn't score and a, you know, not a great teammate and, you know, this grumpy European jerk who doesn't like talking to the, the media who hates him. Um, I think they've actually poisoned their own well a little bit. Uh, the other mm-hmm. yeah, consideration on on Hemsky for a third is that we would absolutely have to throw a, a body in there somewhere. We're at the fifty contract limit, so Landon Ferraro. I don't know Ferraro, fucking absolutely. Trevor Parks, the Strazzle, something like that. Yeah, take a Landon Ferraro and a third round. body. I do it. I don't know for Hemsky, but yeah, Landon Ferraro and a Landon Ferraro, Kindle in a second. I mean, right? That's the or shit. You could do Jordan Tutu for. For Alex Hemsky. Yeah. And give him I mean, a, you, you throw, Also you give them throw a third. somebody yeah. in. Yeah, you yeah. just throw somebody in and they're gone. I mean, look, you could do Ferraro. Ferraro is, I mean, we talked about this already, but Ferraro is the perfect throw in to any trade because yeah. he's, still got some, he's still got some upside because you can't look at him and say, well, he's, he's garbage at the NHL because you've never seen him. So somebody might be willing to take a shot on him and say, yeah, you know what, maybe he can. Maybe he can do something for us in a depth role, and uh, you know Detroit can kind of sell him on the potential that he still has a little bit. So Ferraro and a third for Hemsky, do it. I would do Ferraro and a second for Hemsky, honestly, or just a second. I mean, obviously, if, if well, JJ said you gotta you gotta give up somebody for for contract limits, right? They have too many, or you. Or you outright cut somebody, which you can do. But I mean, why? Yeah, right. Yeah, I feel. I think that would be good. I think that would be that would be a move I'm I'm okay with. There's a there there's a John Vogel from Buffalo. The, he's a writer. He's a beat writer for the Sabers. Just reported that Holak is sitting against Dallas. And then apparently there was a joke crack. I don't know if it was a joke or not, but that Airhoff is sitting too. <laughs> I don't know if that's real. Lock and Airhoff to Minnesota for. I will shit my pants. I will be so upset. <laughs> because Minnesota is not like they're going to get eliminated in the first round, just like St. Louis is. I don't know. 
I don't know. I am, I am just I am, was over the moon when I heard that Steve Ott was not coming to Detroit. I know. I saw, <laughs> I saw, and it's not even about the whole he's a, just a giant douchebag because he is whatever. If yeah. he was a giant douchebag who was good, I could take that. Like whatever, right. I can overlook it. I embrace Chelios, so I mean, yeah. you know, I have no problems. But I don't see any. I saw no way in which Steve Ott made the Red Wings a better team than they are currently. I just, well, I yeah, exactly. Your and I saw, and I when when the rumors surfaced about the Red Wings, like looking at Ott or whatever, I was like, "Good God, that makes so much sense! Like that would happen. That is definitely something that I could see realistically happening." And you know, there was a good like four, like three or four hours where I was just very upset, <laughs> and then I was. <laughs> I mean, if the idea is, you know, if the idea is that he would help you in the playoffs by playing that, you know, kind of that agitator style and everything, like, great, okay, I can I can understand the logic behind it. I don't agree with it, but whatever. But the point is, if he doesn't help you get into the playoffs, then what was the point right, of the right. entire trade? Which is, I don't think he would help them on a nightly basis. You know, and yeah. and if it turns. I mean, obviously he got traded with Miller, so maybe they were looking at a Miller and Ott like, hey, you know what, we can kind of get rid of two birds here with one shot. Detroit had no use for Miller. Fuck anybody who says Howard for Miller. You're all idiots. There's no (laughs) way. No way that happens. Because Miller's an unrestricted free agent at the end of the year. So I'm sorry, you're not signing your goaltender to a six-year extension and then turning around and trading him for a rental goalie when you're not even guaranteed <laughs> to make the playoffs. That is, That would have been the most asinine trade ever. We all know that Howard for Longo is the one that makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, definitely. I mean, <laughs> you definitely won't have to worry about him being locked up long term, so you'll be fine. Right? Well, maybe that'll be a that'll maybe the, maybe that'll be a centerpiece in the part of a, a, a Kessler Luongo trade to Detroit. Kessler Luongo yeah, and Edler. Kessler, Luongo, and Edler for <laughs> Howard, uh, Howard, Helm, Tatar, a first, and Landon Ferraro. <laughs> Landon Ferraro is going to be in every trade uh, trade proposal I make. He's, he's, he's the king of the like, third year. Yeah, it'll be like a, it'll be like a like when you're at a garage sale and you're like, how much for this? And be like, uh, two bucks, and I'll throw in this button that just fell off my shirt. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my God! Uh, yeah, with Kyle on the Steve Ott thing, it's like I, I hear, I heard that and thought about it, and I was like, Wow, I need to go lie down and count for a little bit because this makes me very angry. Because <laughs> it makes Nobody... sense. Like, oh God, I'm gonna go sit in the dark room. Yeah, but thankfully he's in St. Louis, so he can continue his legacy of shit in a city of shit. <laughs> Oh, when I heard it was well St. Put. Louis, my exact words were, of course. Of <laughs> course. If ever there was a perfect union of player and team, it is Steve Ott in St. Louis. I really and then do they feel said, bad for... Go ahead. Oh, I was going to say, and then he plays on a line with TJ Oshie. I'm like, this is just getting better and better. <laughs> it's just, I feel bad. I do legitimately feel bad for Ryan Miller. Because I think he's a wonderful guy, and I don't know. I obviously he has a better chance of doing something like going for 
a stim, you know, well, the playoffs at least with uh, um, with St. Louis and making a run for the Cubs. So I guess that's good for him. But I just feel like he deserves more than that. Just such a bleh. bleh. Yeah, honestly, Ryan Miller. I like Ryan Miller. I like Ryan Miller a lot. I really do. He's a he's a he's a good guy. Um, we hang out a lot, so he's <laughs> him and I are really good friends. So, well, don't worry. I think Tyler's. It's a, go ahead. I think Tyler's award-winning tweet about uh, the Steve Ott trade just summed it up perfectly. Uh, Steve Ott to St. Louis. That's perfect. What's next? Poop to a toilet. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, poop jokes are good. They're always hey, Jonathan top. Erickson's 30th birthday. Basically, well, he's over the hill, man. We should Buffalo is a Buffalo's the butt of that joke, literally. So, <laughs> oh. you know, oh. the, the trade between butt and the toilet. Very highbrow humor. Hey, they made a splash, right? Oh. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> hey, oh. Cool. We- we should uh we should probably wrap this up. We got about ten minutes left before we have to say okay. goodbye. So the Red Wings will actually play hockey this week, I'm I'm told. Yeah, um, they will play at some point. They will play David's favorite team twice. No big uh, week for him. Yeah, this is gonna be huge. New Jersey in New Jersey on Tuesday and then uh back at home on Friday, but between Sandwich between the, the two different games. The big one, the Nick Knight game, the, the Colorado Avalanche. Thursday, mm-hmm. that I will be there I, if you want to buy me beer. I want to win that game so bad. It's okay to lose both two game. Jersey games if we beat Colorado, right? Yeah. No. No. Good answer. That's the right answer. It's not okay. We should win all three of these games. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. New Jersey has been playing a lot better, um, but they're still not good. Uh, Colorado is careful what you say. <sighs> Damn it. Okay. New Jersey is really good, man. Um, but no, Colorado is obviously. I don't. I don't even know what they are. Are they good or are they bad? I don't know. I don't want to say they're good because Patrick Watt coaches them. Because I. I don't know. Whatever. I don't think you can say they're bad, unfortunately, because yeah, they're no. hanging in in the in the central, which is a pretty darn good, good division. But um, we beat them once already, so yeah. I mean, they're decent. They're definitely the third best team in the central. They are way behind Chicago and St. Louis skill wise, but the the goal differential yeah. this year for them is is plus twenty one. I mean, they're not a bad team, right? Yeah, that's uh, that'll be. I think it'll be a good game. Um, but um, I think the only games in the next two weeks that really concern me, I mean, there's, granted, there's only there's six of them, is, the, I mean, the Colorado game and then the New York Rangers next Sunday. Because um, the Rangers have been playing really good hockey. And then you have Edmonton and Columbus, which there should be no reason oh, you- why they can't play. You can't. They can't. You have to be terrified of Columbus. You can't be a Red Wings fan yeah. and be scared of Columbus. Yeah, they're a they're a terrifying team with Marion Gabrick back. Well, by then we'll have Kessler and Erhoff. 
Brian Campbell <laughs> on our team, so that's true. And Malkin. <laughs> oh yeah, you, you always forget about that trade. That's gonna happen. It's gonna be good, man. Can't wait. Well, so the Raiders King is dead. We need to send Malkin to the wings. <laughs> <laughs> Walken hates playing for get... Wants to play for a winning coach. Yeah. Yeah. I don't want. To, I don't want to play defense. I want to go play for Mike Babcock. <laughs> <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> are, are you all going to be? Who is? Who is going to be at Nick Knight? JJ is going to be there. Tyler, are you going? Yes, I am. Okay. I assume, Graham, you won't be there. Uh, I will not, unfortunately. I tried to make it happen, but it uh, just wasn't going to happen this year. Okay, and then I know Jeff isn't and all that. Uh, I want to go. The only way I can go is really if I end up stubbing the ticket, the tickets. And I mean, I probably will, but I don't know. I feel like I would be doing a disservice to my Red Wings fandom over the past 24 years of my life if I wasn't there. For the guy who is responsible for me being... Hey, not only was I I not going, but I was supposed to be going and I gave away my tickets for money, but... (laughs) No, it's... I understand. I missed the first Uh, H2H game. I wasn't there at the Steve Eiserman jersey retirement. Nope. I'll be there when they race wow. Brendan Smith's jersey to the Raptors. <laughs> <laughs> well, Brendan Smith uh, might not be here after next week. They're going to smother an owl up there or what? <laughs> hey, if Brendan Smith isn't here next week, then it means oh, don't do it, say something you're not prepared to follow through on here. <laughs> they, yeah. It means they got a pretty good haul. That's the Malkin now, deal. That's the that's the Malkin deal that I keep referencing. Yeah, Brennan's oh, Smith trade Andy McDonald straight up. <laughs> oh God! <laughs> oh trade man. Smith. Smith will be in the Airhoff deal, and then I'll go buy one of those really ugly Brett, uh, really ugly Buffalo Sabres third oh, jerseys with Brendan Smith's name and number on it. <laughs> <laughs> I would buy it for you. Triumvirate of poop. But, <laughs> All right, you guys. You guys have any final hockey-related thoughts before we say goodbye? The Olympics Whatever were amazing. Happened. I'm we'll going to start say with it. Graham. Uh, the Olympics were amazing. They were not as not as uh, exciting. Like the end of the game was not as exciting. But whatever, we won again. Congrats on your curling gold medal, Tyler. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, I take pride in those. <laughs> Double gold in hockey and curling. That's it. Canada will never do this well at an Olympics ever again. They are winter. Yeah. yeah. Um, I don't. I don't really have any thoughts. Um, just thinking is hard. I just hope we do this again before the uh, season's over. Let's do that. Yeah, yeah, we will. There's 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 plans in place. Talks of plans in place. All right, cool, um, Kyle. You know, actually, I do have a thought. The, the, we, okay. we can't have Jeff and Kyle at the same time because your voices sound too similar. Yes. So we have to kill Thank one you. of you. Really? Thank you. Yeah. Okay. Okay, well, then we can have someone else. 
do it. <laughs> and, like, it's fine. I'm usually working anyway, so it's not like you guys need me. I said like I three can things. My, I can change my voice a little minutes. bit if you want. It's whatever. You're the host, Jeff. You have to. I didn't even have to do anything today. You guys just kept talking for 90 minutes. That's because we had it all built up for like, because we haven't done this in six weeks. If we do this every week, we're going to need you. It's like, it's like being with somebody right out of prison. You just, you got it all built up and you just got to release it. (laughs) Oh my God. Um, Kyle, you got anything? Yeah. uh, Well, nothing important, but whatever happens before and, you know, within the next week or five days, just know that I still love you all. <laughs> love you too, buddy. Okay. JJ? Um, my new fear on the level of the Red Wings will trade for Steve Ott uh, comes this summer when it will be the Red Wings will sign Brooks Orpik. Oh, you oh. So I want to share that with you guys so I don't have to feel to fear that alone. Did you guys watch did you guys watch Jonathan Taves undress him last night? When he scored yes. on them. I don't know if you. That was brutal. It was, it was unreal. Like, it was unreal. It, Canada ever he, say all over again. That alone shaved like five hundred thousand off whatever he'll be getting this uh, this summer. Yeah, yeah that'll that be brutal. the negotiations. I'm like, well, we think Brooks has been a good teammate and uh, you know a solid member of the community, and he's a contributor to a cup. And then like the GM will just press play. And then that <laughs> will show that and the one from uh, the Olympics where Datsuk went around him. It'll uh, just be yeah. on a, they'll just gif it. They'll just open up the laptop and it'll just be playing on an endless loop. And it's like, <laughs> we will accept whatever you have to offer. Just staring at him just while it's <laughs> looping over and over. Oh, man. Yeah, cool. that's all I got. Are you guys going to watch the Heritage? Probably. Mm, probably not. Okay. Well, I want to watch two really bad teams play in front of a lot of people, so. We already saw the Winter Classic. Hey-oh! Hey! hey. <laughs> that was good. Is that on uh, cool. Is that on any of the NBCs, or is it only on CBC? It's on NBC. It's on Sports Network. Oh, okay, cool. Then I guess I will. That goes up against the Oscars, right? The Oscars are on there? Great. Who's What's hosting it? Who, who's hosting it? I, I, uh, Ken Cal. Uh, and, <laughs> 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 generous. Uh, stick to hockey. Jeff, what are your final thoughts? My final thoughts. Uh, uh, Roberto Luongo kind of getting the shaft again in Vancouver. Yep. Mm-hmm. Also, uh, this is probably really mean to me to say, but it's going to be fun watching everyone cry when the Wings trade for Kessler, wave eaves. Kessler takes number 17. And then in that, like, Yarn Kronk and a bunch of prospects go away. So, I don't know. Be, <laughs> <laughs> it was very evil of me, but I'm going to grab some popcorn and just watch Twitter. <laughs> yeah, I would at that point, too. I, I would. Yeah. Uh, I, I, would I would probably have certain websites on a constant refresh, just hitting F5, <laughs> just waiting for the comments to come in. Not ours. Um, other Red Wing-related websites. Oh, I'm no, sure you know what happened in <laughs> This podcast, this talking with you guys has made me a little bit more okay with if Tesla came here. Thank you. Oh, sure. sure. He's a good That's player. Cool. He's 29. He's under contract. Like, he makes he it is better. 
He is he's good, douche, but, but he whatever. Is, he's a, a dickbag, dick but whatever. <laughs> you know who else was a douchebag? Darren McCarty. Yeah, still is. Probably. I'm sure most professional athletes are, but... Yeah, but there's a different kind of douchebag. The precious snowflake douchebag is a special, special douchebag. That's true. That's really loud. <laughs> I didn't expect it to be that loud. No, it scared me. It actually scared me a little bit. It's perfect authors, too. Like, you're just like, whatever, we're cutting this off. Start the music. We got 90 seconds. Everyone say goodbye. Well, we were going to leave on the most profound thought of the night. Hey, bye, everybody. Bye, Goodbye. guys. Bye, everybody. Bye, you.